Welcome to the Passel Podcast CMO Series. Today on the CMO Series podcast, we're doing something a little bit different, and we're very lucky to be joined by not one, but two of Canada's top legal marketers um, to have a look at how they put together a couple of marketing uh, initiatives that have been very successful for them. We have Lindsay Bombardier, who's the head of is, is marketing and BD director at Canadian law firm Lentner Slat. And we are also joined by Ardi Razor, marketing manager. Ardi, Lindsay, how are you doing? Great. Thank yeah, you so much for having us. And it's um it's it is great to have you both on. And Lindsay, when we first spoke, um we we came up with a few ideas and you said actually um me and Ardi, we're 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 a fantastic team. So it'd be good to bring her in and and, and get her talking about some of the things we've worked on together. So um yeah, yeah it's it's gonna be great to speak to you both. Yeah, I always say that I am nothing without Audi Reza by my side. So it's it's great to do it together. Yeah, I like to say we just like doing everything together. It's more fun that way. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And um, obviously a lot of our, our friends and that in the LMA will, will know you guys. You're heavily involved with LMA Canada and um, uh, North America. So um, hopefully people people are very familiar with, with the teamwork and some of the stuff you've been doing. But really today we're going to focus on two initiatives that you've worked on together um, but before we get there how did you both come to your roles at Lentzner Slat? Yeah, so I can go first um, so so right out of college um, I spent some time at a not-for-profit in the legal industry um, and that was exactly what a person out of school wants right it was the ability to manage my own projects to develop processes for this sort of very small business, um, to work on events, to travel a little bit. Um, And ultimately, it really got me thinking and learning about the legal industry. And so, um, you know, through there, I think I built up some of what I think my superpower is now, which is networking and relationship building. Um, And I networked myself right out of that job. So I ended up at a national full full service law firm. Um, And I stayed there for almost a decade. Um, I was lucky enough to advance through several marketing and BD roles. Um, And I think I really grew up at that firm and took every opportunity I could to learn, to add value, um, and really build um, through the LMA a strong network of legal marketers. And so what what else would happen? Um, But I met someone at Lindsay Slack through the LMA. Um, and the rest is history, really. So I arrived in 2018, um, and then I was lucky enough that Audie was already here, um, and her and I, uh, with now several other colleagues, we've built up a really um, incredible team, have had the opportunity to work on not only the two projects that we're going to talk about today, um, but some, um, the firm has been around for 30 years, and I think in our four years, we have spent time working on some of the firm's biggest, brightest, most unique, um, and now award-winning projects. So so that's my sort of short journey. Um, Audie, do you want to go ahead? Yeah. So I went to business school and actually specialized in marketing, but at the same time, I was also kind of toying with the idea of going to law school. And in my job search after graduation, I was actually lucky enough to find an internship role that combined both of these interests. Um, It was in the marketing and business development department at a national full service law firm. And it was pretty much the perfect opportunity to learn more about two potential career paths for me. 
but I quickly learned I much preferred the business side of law and didn't want to become a lawyer. And when I started looking for a more permanent role in legal marketing, I landed at Lenser Slat. I actually joined the firm in 2017 when it was the 25th anniversary year, and it was the middle of the firm's major website and brand refresh. And despite being pretty junior at the time, I was immediately given a lot of responsibility. I gained a ton of experience in advancing major projects. And I had every opportunity to build close relationships with the lawyers, all of which I think you can't really find at a bigger firm as a junior. And all of it really set me up for success. And now five years later, it's it's now the firm's 30th anniversary year. And in that time, I've been really lucky to work with Lindsay to build and grow some of our firm's coolest programs that you wouldn't find anywhere else. So it sounds like you, you've you've both been um, doing some amazing things at the firm, but a, a big part of that is is actually the firm giving you the opportunity to do that. It sounds like you've got a really sort of um, a, a firm that really values the marketing team and backs your sort of um, plans and what you want to do and, and get behind your sort of ideas. Yeah, no, it's exactly right. Um, we have, um, we're 85 lawyers now, and we have a very um, innovative culture at the firm. Um, we are, and I think I'll talk about this a little bit, a little bit later, but our management committee is, they know what we need to do to stay at the top. And they know that that means we need to be open to big ideas um, they want to take recommendations from the business team. Um, and frankly, we've got great ideas. And so, so it's a win-win in, in so many, in so many ways, but yeah, the support of the firm and their interest in building this brand out is, is really critical to, to the work that we do. Our focus today is on two initiatives you've launched with the firm, Refer to Her and the Commercial List website. Can you give our audience an idea of what each of these in, includes? Yeah, so um, Refer to Her is a series of lists organized by practice area of experienced female lawyers to whom you can confidently refer your work. Um, the lists are kept on a website, refertoher.com. Um, you know, we know that business referrals, particularly in a litigation practice, are critical to achieving success in your practice. And so the hope here is that this program helps to ensure that female lawyers are positioned as equal, available, skilled resources for whoever it may be looking for legal help. Um, and so regardless of gender, clients are getting the best lawyer for their work. Um, <laughs> totally different. The commercial list, it's a court in Toronto. Um, and it's where some of the country's most complex commercial cases are heard. So it's referred to a lot as sort of the real-time litigation. Um, so think insolvencies, think um, sort of any uh, case that would be under a Business Corporation Act. So we developed commerciallist.com. Again, it's a website. And the website has all of the commercial lists, existing practice resources, precedents, uh, various FAQs, best practices. Um, we've got it's got blogs. Um, I think most critically, it has the decisions of the commercialist all in one place. Um, and then any news and events um, that is happening uh, in or around the court. And so this information isn't centrally available anywhere else other than now on commercialist.com. Um, 
it's really valuable. It is what we call a one-stop shop and it is exactly that. Um, and so the goal of this website is really to be, you know, it's, it's open to the public. And so we want it to be a valuable resource, not only for our own litigators, but for the court, for other Canadian counsel, um, and for clients, of course. Um, so, so both websites are, of course, they're, they're driven through Lensner Slot, but they're really trying to provide value to broad audiences and make an impact um, on not only the work that we're doing here, but sort of more importantly, the work that's being done in the industry. And so I think that's maybe a unique piece of this is that it's not just a sort of revenue generator for the firm. It's sort of for the greater good. And I think we'll get into to why that's important to us. Yeah. And it must be rewarding working on a project for that. So you, you talked about both initiatives there, you know, they obviously help the firm out, but actually they bring a lot of value to everyone else and it, it must yeah. be um, bring, a, bring a lot of pride to those projects. So when we're looking at these, we're, we're going to have a look today, really right, right from the start to finish. Um, so starting at the beginning, how do these ideas come about? So I'll, I'll start with that. So I'll start with Refer to Her and then go on to the commercialists because they are similar but very different stories in how they started. So Refer to Her started as an idea called Think Pink and it was brought to us by our partner, Santa Helwani, and our former partner, who's now a current chief legal officer at EY Canada, Shara Roy. And the idea really stemmed from their anecdotal experiences of getting fewer referrals than their equally experienced male colleagues. Due to various systemic issues in the legal industry, studies have shown that female lawyers are just not as top of mind as their male colleagues for referrals. And even women disproportionately referred work to men. As Lindsay mentioned, referrals are key to a thriving litigation practice and actually have a major impact on a lawyer's compensation, promotion, and recognition. So Santa and Shara had the idea of creating lists of trusted female lawyers that you could keep top of mind for referring work. Um, so they asked us to consider if and how this idea could actually be turned into a formal self-sustaining program. I think Lindsay and I huddled immediately after that meeting and agreed on two things. One, there were a lot of questions we would have to work through to make this project a success because it's never been done before. And two, we absolutely could not call it Think Pink. I think our first order of business was brainstorming a new name. And within a minute, we came up with Refer to Her and we even have a trademark, which I think is super cool. Um, and then pivoting to commercialist.com, similarly, the idea came from one of our partners, Monique Jillison. So for context, uh, Monique is actually the leader, co-leader of our firm's commercial litigation practice group. She has a ton of experience on commercialist matters um, and is on the commercialist users committee. And she explained to us in a meeting that that commercialist is a specialized court, um, but there has never been a central place through the courts or otherwise that held all of the important content and resources required for lawyers to effectively practice in the court. So for example, some of the things that Lindsay had mentioned, the practice direction, recent decisions, court forms, the daily court list, they were found everywhere. They were either on different websites, they were either sent manually to groups by email, or they were buried in the Superior Court of Justice website. So unless you actually appeared before the commercialist court, these resources were just not readily available. And what's also interesting is that 
uh, Monique let us know that there are so many unwritten rules and procedures about practicing on the commercial law list that, that are just not known by lawyers, students, and counsel who are new to the court. So not only did the court not have a centralized website for all of this, it was very unlikely that law firms were going to allocate resources to a secondary website that ultimately provided a service to their competitors. So why did we do it? Well, given that commercial litigation is literally the heart of our practice at Lenserslet and the fact that we have such a wealth of experience on high profile cases in the commercialist, we just decided to tackle this problem for the legal industry ourselves. And what's really interesting about these two projects is that both the ideas for Refer to Her and Commercialist.com were introduced to Lindsay and me around the same time, and then they launched very close together. So we were simultaneously developing two very different programs that had never been done before in the industry, all within the first year of working together. So it really set the tone for our working relationship and what we could achieve together in the years to come. <laughs> probably good and bad, probably good and bad. Yeah. Yeah, you've been you've been through the wars together. <laughs> so um, with, with with these ideas, I have in my notes, how, how did you know these ideas were worth investing time? But actually just speaking to you and hearing you speak about it immediately, it, it clocks in my head that they're going to be worth the time. But but how did you get the, the, the firm to invest um, in this? How did you get buy in from the powers that be? Yeah. Um, I love this question so much because um, looking back, it, like Audie just said, we were really new to the firm and um, sort of building this marketing team up. And so it all seems very risky now, right? Um, but at the end of the day, a good idea is a good idea. So I think first and foremost, we really bought into the ideas ourselves. And then of course, when you're engaged, the ideas and the effort kind of like flows through you. So I think one thing I say to my team all the time is I want our work at this firm to have longevity and I want to always be thinking about the future. So how does what we're doing today impact tomorrow? How do the decisions that we make in marketing, BD, pricing, whatever it may be, how do they complement what the firm is doing today and what the firm wants to be doing in the future? And so I think first and foremost, when we had um, when Santa, Shara, and Monique gave us these ideas and we started thinking on them, we knew right away they had a long shelf life. So even when we launched, yes, there were going to be a lot of moving parts, but it was so clear to us that there would be immediate opportunity to, you know, if we don't get it right at launch, to enhance it and then to develop dozens of new ideas to continually keep it fresh. Um, I think the firm also is all about continuous improvement. Um, you know, we're 30 years old, but we're doing a lot of things for the first time. And we love that. Um, but we're comfortable launching something, not getting it perfect, and then listening to the feedback. And we knew the, we knew the feedback would come. And it certainly did. And we knew that would end up um, providing us with new ideas and different opportunities. So, so the approval process. So what was that like? First, we have the foundation of a great idea. That helps a lot. Um, and then it was our job, I mean, simply put, to develop a business case and to do that in front of various audiences. So sort of first and foremost, si simple story wins. What's the idea? You have to be able to explain your idea simply. Um, and I think we were able to do that. Um, 
why we answered this question. Why is it different or why is it better than what we're already seeing in the market? How does it add value to our firm, to our clients, and to our peers? I think that order was very important, particularly for the partnership that that sort of we started first. Um, and then the longevity piece. What does it look like in a year? What does it look like in five years? Um, does this sort of scale? And in 10 years, is this still a thing? Um, and then ultimately, how does it align to our brand? And how does it align to our firm priorities? So, so to keep it simple, we answered those questions. And I think, you know, Audie and I did it in a compelling way. We tried to build some excitement around it. I think what was great and what Audie's touched on is, is these are new things. These are things we actually didn't see in the market. And so we knew we had a real opportunity with both of them. Um, and then, of course, we had partner champions. Um, partners came up with these ideas. And so that helps a lot. And then what I alluded to earlier is we really benefit at this firm from having a savvy management committee. You know, we talk with our management committee all of the time about how important it is. It's almost easier to climb to the top. It's harder to stay there. And so what do you have to do to stay there? You have to have big ideas and you have to be willing um, to put some resources behind them and to, in these cases, not afraid to be first. Like, let's go, let's try it and let's see what happens. And um, I think we had enough confidence that they would land. Um, so, so we were lucky in that way, but our MC really understands what it is that we wanted to accomplish with these. And I think the partnership was, was the same. And so, you know, ultimately it's been, it's been really, really rewarding, but the business case was key. Yeah. And no, I love what you said there about not being afraid to be first. And I guess traditionally that isn't something law firms would adopt. They always <laughs> like to see what their um, competitors are doing before they, before they dive in. Once you knew these initiatives were worth doing and the firms bought in, how did you define the scope and determine what they should become? So like Lindsay mentioned, these two programs had so much opportunity to grow and become something big. Um, so we had to really define what it is we were trying to achieve with both of them uh, at launch. I think for Refer to Her, once we began flashing out the idea, it became really clear that Refer to Her had three main goals that would always guide us. So one, we wanted to increase awareness among lawyers and clients of the disparity between men and women when it came to referrals, because not many people would have known that. Two, we wanted to offer an actual practical solution that would help balance the scales for referrals for female lawyers by keeping them top of mind. And we wanted to ultimately advance equity, diversity, inclusion in the legal industry to better serve our clients and all clients of firms because they're the ones who benefit from having diverse teams. So the scope of Refer to Her was rooted in these three objectives, which we'll expand upon further as we discuss uh, the execution. For commerciallist.com, on the other hand, our goal was ultimately to provide unprecedented value by just creating a one-stop shop for all things commercialist. So first things first, we had to decide, well, what kind of resources did we want uh, on the website? Um, as mentioned earlier, we, we had to make sure that existing practice resources were there, there was precedence, there was important decisions, there was answers to frequently asked questions, um, and there was interviews, blogs, and pretty much anything that would be relevant and that it is housed in all in one place. And then we had to decide, well, what does it make, what, 
would make this website stand out beyond that. So that's where that original content piece comes in. We wanted to share the unique aspects and un unwritten rules of practicing on the commercial list that exists in the minds of our lawyers who are regulars at this specialized court. So overall, we just want a commercial list to not only increase access to the court for our clients and colleagues and law students, we want to demonstrate our firm's commitment to innovation and the administration of justice. So those are the things that guided us uh, to develop the scope for both of those programs. So, you, so you've got the, the scope and where you want to head. Um, moving along that timeline, can you take us through how you put in the execution plans together? What, what were your roles and, and how hands-on were you? Um, very hands-on. Um, very, very hands-on. So <laughs> I think first and foremost, we had to develop two sub-brands, right? So if you've ever been to litigate.com, which is our Lenser Slot website, um, you'll know that we have a very specific brand. And although it's incredibly unique, it's simple, right, at its core. So we needed to decide how to stay true to that simplicity, but also let it evolve with these two programs and let these brands be their own thing. Um, what's interesting, I think, about these programs as well as if you go to um, refer to her.com or commercialist.com, they're designed really to only be subtly associated with Lensner Slat. We're not like throwing Lensner Slat down your throat with these. So the branding then became challenging. Um, but what's been fun is we've let these grow a little bit. We've managed to be a bit more creative where we've given ourselves license to be a bit more creative with whether it's our content or our imagery or wherever it may be. Um, but otherwise, I think how hands-on were we, it's exactly what you imagine it to be. It was a ton of moving parts. So we physically had to design two websites. We had to develop really serious rules for Refer to Her. Um, we had to pull together, you know, existing resources. Obviously, we had to write a lot of content um, and then liaise with our creative agency. I think what was really a great opportunity for us um, was for refer to her specifically, we worked with dozens of external lawyers to develop those sort of core first lists that we went to market with. Um, so incredibly complex. Um, Audie is the brains behind all of it. So I'll let her talk through um, some of the more specific elements. Yeah, what a lot of people don't know about these two programs as well is that from idea generation to launch, we had less than four months to execute both these unique and complicated programs. Um, and like Lindsay mentioned, you know, externally, these sound like very simple ideas, but actually there were so many details we had to figure out in order to make the launch such uh, a smooth, uh, um, smooth, successful launch. For Refer to Her with Santa and Shara, Lindsay and I developed and fine-tuned pretty much every aspect of the program. So think the criteria of who can get on the list, what the initial list would be, how the list would even be developed, and who would appear on them, how people would refer others to the list, how the website would be organized and maintained, the FAQs, the long-term strategy, and so on. And throughout the process, we had to keep one goal in mind, creating a fair and impartial program that would grow organically over time. The last thing we wanted, I think, for people is to think that this was another exclusive membership or legal ranking, because that's out there. 
Um, but I think we did a pretty good job of making sure that that wasn't the case. And again, every female partner at Lenzersat was involved in developing the initial list. We wanted to tap into their network of each practice area to ensure the right lawyers were included at launch. And then yes, we also took responsibility for liaising with a ton of external lawyers to get their additions so that the lists were not biased to the network of just our lawyers. And then finally, we had to develop and launch a plan that would promote the program across Canada and ensure people understood how to use refertoher.com to keep women to top of mind and advance them in the legal industry. Commercialist.com was a completely different process. It was all about the content. So for commercialist.com, we weren't just collecting all the existing content out there. We were developing so much new content that didn't exist, but that would provide so much value to the users of the website. So we created biographies on the judges. Surprisingly, that's not out there in the world. We created explanations and links to resources. We helped create uh, sample precedents for court orders. We developed detailed uh, FAQ section. And most importantly, we uh, got unique insights from our lawyers, our knowledge management team, our research teams on important topics such as what is the commercialist? What do the judges want? What are the tips and best practices for practicing on the commercialist and so on? So we were heavily involved in not only developing and organizing the website, to make it user-friendly with our design agency, but we were keeping our lawyers on track with content, not just for launch, but for the future. Um, so it was hands-on, bottom line, we were very hands-on. Yeah, and it is it, these projects, that they're not um, little projects by any stretch. So I guess my other question would be, um, was it smooth sailing? And, and if it wasn't, was there anything you learned which you would do differently if you, if you did it again? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, of course, as you say, they're such big projects. Uh, we did everything we could to make it a success. But of course, there will be feedback that we get that we get inevitably of what we can do to improve. For, uh, at launch, the feedback we received from Refer to Her was overwhelmingly positive. I think, you know, over you know 200 clients, listees, colleagues and professionals across the industry described our program as break the box thinking, as powerful, as creative, as concrete action that we were advancing uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion in the legal industry. And that's amazing to hear. But despite this positive reaction, we knew Refer to Her was not a perfect end-all solution. And one thing we've always been really proud of is that we're open, open to listening to and taking action on feedback that would help us improve the program. So for an example, um, the initial criteria for getting on the list involved being a partner, counsel, or sole practitioner. However, we received feedback of after, I think, six months that helped us recognize that it is just as important for senior associates at a law firm to be top of mind for referrals as well, not just partners. So after launch, we actually expanded the criteria for listees. So it included with lawyers with at least eight years of experience, and we let the market know that we did that. Um, and this just made the list more inclusive, particularly for those associates who are facing barriers to becoming a partner or counsel and whose practice uh, would benefit from being top of mind for referrals. Commerciallist.com, on the other hand, just required us to get a crash course on the commercial list itself. I think that was the main obstacle. We, in order to develop such a content heavy website that would be valuable, we had to become 
just as knowledgeable about the inner workings of this unique court as the lawyers. Honestly, by the end of the project, having done a ton of research, having talked to all of our lawyers and having read and reread every single thing on the website, I, I could almost delude myself into thinking that I could practice on the commercial list. Um, Lindsay, do you have anything else to add? Okay, you cannot practice on the commercial list. Audio, I would but love yes. to practice on the commercial list. <laughs> um, yes, we feel like we are um, lowercase e experts on commercial list, uh, the, the practice for sure. I think what has to be said here is that we launched these in 2019. Um, we did not predict shortly after that we would be living through a global pandemic. So I think for refer to her specifically, we really wanted to put the resources behind networking and behind relationship building among our listies. So great. Put all of these female lawyers on a list. Then what? Right. Um, one of the initial pieces of feedback that we received was that, you know, yes, the, rec the recognition was there that business referrals are critical, but in some practice areas, the relationships among the female lawyers in that particular bar were not as strong. So if you look at the class actions bar or the IP litigation bar, those are really small, tight-knit bars. Well, commercial litigation, we've got dozens and dozens of people on that list. So what we were hearing was that the relationships among those listees were not as strong. Okay, great. How can we be a connector to make sure that, um, you know, we're hosting networking events? We, we're doing whatever that we can to get those folks connected. And so, of course, they start sending work to one another. Cool. Great ideas. COVID hits, right? Um, and so, yeah, we did, we did amazing virtual events. We did one, um, fantastic one at launch in fall 2020, hundreds of listees attended. Um, but then zoom fatigue came in and all of these other priorities came up. And so that specific idea, like so many other ideas that we had pre COVID, we had to pivot and it had to shift. And so, so I think that was disappointing and obviously not something that we saw coming. Um, we're hopeful that, you know, of course, as we start easing back into in-person things, we can pick that up again. But, um, you know, that was a really like we've had to pivot and sort out how we are going to continue to keep these programs top of mind um, while people aren't physically in the office doing the things that they used to do. So so that was a challenge, I think, for sure. And, and from the beginning, it, it, it's really apparent that you were quite open minded. You were doing a new thing um, and you were aware that it wasn't going to be the perfect polished article right from the start yeah so, so I, I think that idea of being open and um you know call it whatever you want that growth mindset approach of actually it's not going to be great but let's welcome feedback and let's build it into what, what we want it to be I think that's a really really neat way to uh, approach these things so we're now three years on um the, the projects have been up and running. You've managed to survive the uh, pandemic with these projects and, and they're still going. But what's the priorities for the initiatives now? Yeah, like we've mentioned um, through this uh, podcast is that we've always wanted these programs to have longevity. So for refer to her, what does that mean? We're still focused on launching more lists that keep women top of mind for referrals across different practice areas. To this day, we still get requests um, to add new lists and we're very focused uh, on that. Like Lindsay just mentioned, we want to continue 
to facilitate relationship building among the listees through networking events uh, so that we can start increasing referrals between women more and hopefully we can pick that up um, with the pandemic slowing down. We're really focused on increasing the diversity of the lists um, to help it represent more of the actual legal market. And we want to actually promote other uses for refer to her, not just keeping women top of mind for referrals, but letting the market know that refer to her can be used to keep women top of mind for speaking engagements, for writing opportunities, for media interviews, for ranking award nominations, and other things as well. For commercial list, our priorities are a little bit different. It's just continuing to be the uh, first to market with news from the commercialists um, to maintain its core value, to make sure all the news are in one place. We want to continue to create original content about practicing on this court and building out our comprehensive resources. What was amazing about commercialist.com during the pandemic is that it really became the hub for all the uh, resources that kept changing for the court during uh, when they had to pivot to virtual court. Um, so we want to continue being agile enough to do that. Um, and then, of course, we want to partner with external people, clients, colleagues, and other organizations to create new content that would be valuable to the market. So there are really many opportunities for growth for both pro uh, programs. And honestly, both could be full-time jobs in and of itself. <laughs> so we haven't, we haven't seen the finished article yet. You, you're continuing to build and grow these things. Absolutely. And so importantly, I guess the projects have been up and running and we, we've established that they're, they're both fantastic ideas. But how have you measured and reported on that success to um, internally at the firm and, and to other stakeholders? Yeah, so I think what's nice is that they're both uh, websites. And so from that, of course, we can track a whole bunch of things. So um, we track, you know, page views, we track users, we track sessions per month. Um, we also track the average time of a session. Um, we track the most visited pages, um, just anything that will help us understand what people are looking at, when they're looking at it, and for how long. Um, I think for commerciallist.com, as Audie mentioned, it's so content-based that that's super critical for us. Um, for Refer to Her specifically, uh, we track, obviously, how many new lists we develop, the media mentions, the number of touch points we've had with listees. And then for commercial list, it's a little more, um, it's a little more basic. It's the social media posts, the blogs, the reports, the guides, and that kind of thing. Um, like Audie mentioned, we had a lot of overwhelming feedback on, um, on these projects. And so we keep um, pretty long repositories at this point of all of the qualitative feedback that we've received, either directly to our lawyers or um, like Audie mentioned online. Um, and then that's helped us develop content for pitches, for proposals. Um, we've submitted awards for some of these programs. We keep all of the information um, on our internet. So at any given time, um, any member of the firm can see where we are and what the success looks like. Um, and then what's been really cool is they have turned into um, pieces for recruitment. They are Students, law students are really interested in what it is that we're doing. Obviously, the reputation speaks for itself, but these are sort of tangible examples of um, EDI initiatives, innovative initiatives that um, now get weaved in through our recruitment um, presentations and then our onboarding programs as well. So, I mean, the list goes on and on, but we're just constantly um, feeding the different audiences with all of that we've done. Um, we track quarterly and then we report to our management committee annually. And then, of course, we do business planning. And so any new ideas that we have, 
they land in the annual business plan. So I think we stay really, really close to the results. Um, and like we've talked about now, I think at Nauseam is this continuous improvement vibe that we have at the firm. Um, we know these are a work in progress. And um, like I said before, we want them to be active for years and years to come. And so I think they'll just keep getting better, but the the results and, and staying close to those results is really critical for us. Yeah, is that is that helped keep um, keep that momentum going? Is is being able to show that feedback and showing this successes? And it sounds like you've got a really robust way of doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's what you said before too. It's so rewarding, right? And so um, we're open to all of the critical and sort of constructive feedback, but it's also just been um, so rewarding to work on these projects and you know, enhance a little bit here and enhance a little bit there. Um, and we own them, right? So Audie's got a great idea. Okay, we're going to execute on that idea. Like it's, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Fantastic. Well, we're, uh, we're coming up to time now. So I wanted to finish off with the question that we ask all of our guests. And it's essentially, what would be your one piece of advice for other marketers um, embarking on a, uh, we'll call it a complex initiative and um, just like the ones uh, you both have launched at, at Lechnerstadt. Um, I'll go first. I think I would say that you have to have really, really strong project management skills to plan and organize and execute on projects like this, especially when it has so many moving parts and stakeholders. Um, you know, have a document or spreadsheet that you're constantly updating or referring back to that outlines the overview, the objectives, the stakeholders, deliverables, the timelines, the processes, everything that is key to that project. I know it sounds like a fundamental skill set that every legal marketer should have, but it really had to become second nature for me on these two projects, especially working on both of them at the same time. So I would really stress strong project management skills. Yes, Audie is a project management wizard. Um, I would say um, you really need to think hard about your resources. And so we're managing, um, but we are, I guess I'll call us keen legal marketers. We have a lot in the pipeline at the office. Um, and we would like to see these advance quicker and expand faster. Um, and for refer to her specifically, I think there's a lot of really interesting ideas and opportunities in queue, but you know, they require, it's a serious program um, and it addresses a serious issue. And so you really have to be focused, you have to be strategic and you have to be ready with resources to execute. And so, you know, between friends at the end of the day, um, when a pitch comes in or a new high profile case, um, you know, blows up in the media, we need to pivot and we need to give our undivided attention to those things. And so um, we have to focus on the core business of Lensner Slot. And I think um, we've, you know, discounted in some ways, just like how busy this firm is and how much attention is required on these projects. So I think you need to think really hard about, uh, your launch plans and then your sort of longevity plans, as we've talked about, um, it's really, really critical. And so, like Audie said, these could be full-time, these could be full-time jobs for people. Um, and they are in some cases, some days. And so I think in addition to the PM, which is so critical, which Audie just explained, I think um, having a having a real plan around how these are going to be resourced is is critically important. And then I don't love that we're not leaving this on a very positive note. I would say also like dig in and come up with all of the ideas you can. It has been um, a highlight, I think, for Audie and I in our career working on these two projects. And um, it's it can be 
so much learning and also so, so much fun. Well, just hearing how passionately you both talk about these and, um, it, you know, it sounds like it's been worth the time and effort. And, and like you said, you do, you do have other, you do have a day job that you've got to do it. So you can't put all your resources into it. So managing how much you put in and, and getting it right, but it is a part of, um, the, the reason for the success of these projects is um, being realistic with the resource you can you can put in. Is, is that something that you had to consider? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I mean, some of it is really tactical work, right? So you also need to have the right people doing the right work. And um, and so, you know, Audie and I can't be doing the sort of day-to-day list maintenance and all of those things. We need to be working at the higher levels. So yeah, I think the resource piece is really, really critical. And um, luckily, we've got the resources here. Um, but we also have a lot of other ideas, Charles. So talk to us in a few years, and we'll explain our other big projects. But um, yeah, it's the resourcing is 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 really critical. Well, we'll 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 check in for a uh, part two, maybe in a, in a couple of years time and see what okay. else um, the, the dream team at Lentz and Slat have come up with. <laughs> Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with um, both both Lindsay and, and Ardy. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, hopefully our l- uh, listeners have, have learned a lot from that. I, I certainly have. And um, just going back to, to, to reiterate those uh, programs and how you've managed to take them from an idea and execute it into what they are today. It, it's super impressive. So um, c- congratulations. And I'm sure you're, you're an immediate, uh, you're an immense asset to, um, to the firm. Thank you so much, Charles. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you so much.